Welcome, friends and fellow horse fiends. You've landed on Come Ride With Me, a podcast dedicated to helping you find harmony, joy, and success in your riding. I'm your host, Anna Fox of Equus Enlightened. This pod isn't about training your horse, but about training you to be the best partner for your horse. Listen to find out how I use my intention to direct my ride. You'll hear how I decide what to focus on, what to say yes to, and when to redirect my horse. You'll see how not getting frustrated or overwhelmed is the easiest path to sanity and harmony. So what are you waiting for? Come ride with me. Welcome horse fiends to another episode of Come Ride With Me. We're starting out with a prelude to the next episode, which is also gonna be available on video. But last week I completely forgot to hit the record button and I missed the entire session so I need a do-over and I get a lot of pushback about this topic anyway when I bring it up with riders so I want you to have some time to kind of wrap your mind around it I'm gonna show you how I start preparing horses and riders for bridalists or what I like to call rain less riding. I believe this is one of the most important skills for a rider to hone if you want to really, really be a good rider. Wait, don't panic or guffaw and turn this episode off. I'm used to the pushback. So just get curious and listen with an open mind and an open heart for your horse. When I have this this discussion with dressage riders, the most common thing I hear is, but the horse can't be on the bit without a bit. Well, first the phrase on the bit was basically made up by the writers of the AHSA rulebook. And like how many of you actually remember when it was the AHSA? Because I do. <laughs> It didn't even, the AHSA itself didn't even come into existence until 1917. And there's some thought that the translation was made around 1921. Anyway, you can look all of that up on the internet. I'll link some of the articles that I found about it in the episode show notes. But that being said, the USEF now, then the AHSA, is just over 100 years old. And the classical French and German texts that were being translated are much older than that. So on the bit was initially seen as a misinterpretation of acceptance of the aids or possibly the French phrase that means hand in hand. Either way, it's one of the many terms that I find in dressage that is just lost in translation. And I think saying a horse is on the aids is much better. And it's also a much better description of what you want to be happening. Right? Because we've all been on a horse that was really strong on the bit, but wasn't aware of any of your other aids. The other thing about the bit is that the mouth is a very sensitive area of the horse, right? Just as it is for humans. And so any time that you have the bit it's causing an emotional reaction in the horse even without you touching it 
unless they have really been taught, and a lot of horses these days I find are not taught well how to hold a bit and carry a bit on their own before people start pulling on it, you're always going to get an emotional response. And then, of course, when you start pulling on this thing that's already causing an emotional response in the horse, you're going to get more of an emotional response. So a lot of times, if you can take at least the bit out of the picture, you're going to solve so many of your training problems right off the bat. And those are just a couple of the quick benefits that you can get for your horse. Often if I find a horse that's having trouble with the bridle, the first thing I do is don't ride them in the bridle. And I actually feel safer that way at this point because I know that if I'm using something bitless, then I'm at least not causing any sort of emotional response if I need to use my reins. But if you also take it a step further and learn to ride without the reins. As a rider, the feedback that you will get from that is priceless. You will learn so much about your own balance. You will learn so much about your own body. You will learn how your body may be helping you or how your body is probably hindering you while you're riding because you're not compensating for things by using the reins. You're not helping yourself balance by using the reins. It also means that when you're not getting all that input from your reins and from the stimulus of your hands, that you actually feel better what is happening. So the problem is that this also causes a lot of emotional turmoil in riders, right? It can be a very mental thing. And that's something that we're going to talk about. Don't worry. It's completely normal. But what I really want you to get is like, what are the benefits for you and your horse that you can get out of just starting to take away the bit and then maybe the reins. And I can attest to this because I rode for years on long reins. Like I still like to leave my reins too long, but that's another topic. I rode with like on the buckle purposely. I practiced my dressage tests that way as well as I practiced them in contact. And I did that purposely for my own balance and to test whether my horses were able to self-carry, right? Since that's the ultimate goal, the purpose of dressage. And I would say that at the stage that I finally decided to go bridleless, 
um, I was a secure and confident successful rider, right? I had grown up riding jumping horses. We jumped without reins. I had started young horses for a living. I would have said if you asked me that my balance was quite good. And when I took away the reins, I realized how much I was actually using them when I didn't think I was, right? Because humans are grabbers by nature. Just think of the last time you tripped over the air, right? What did you do? You put your hand out. That's like the first thing we always do. We want our babies to grab our fingers. Grabbing is what we do. We're humans. We have these opposable thumbs. We feel like God gave them us so we could grab stuff, right? So we also don't realize how much of our confidence and mental security is locked into our hands. It seems weird, but just try sitting down and thinking about not having the ability to use your hands while you're riding and see what that does to you. But by putting our grabby, emotionally insecure hands into a super sensitive area of the horse, we are asking for problems. And many of these problems are quickly and easily fixed by a rider who's brave enough to explore their alternatives. Learning to ride bitless and even reinless doesn't mean that we have to abandon those aids completely. This is something that we can add to the current training plan. Again, when you do this, you're practicing the art of noticing. We talked about that last week. And also learning from the feedback that our horses are giving us. It's actually a lot easier to pay attention to that feedback when your hands aren't connected to their head. One, because you're not stimulating an emotionally sensitive place in the horse of their mouth. And two, because your hands aren't taking in most of the feedback. It's funny because when I really started getting into riding bridleless, um, I was showing my horse Gus at third level and we had always had difficulty in the left to right lead change and just doing walk canter walk canter transitions and changes of directions bridleless showed me how much my right hip was actually getting in the way and this was a horse that, remember, I had practiced my dressage test on a long rein and in a rope halter, like not even with the bit. I used to ride bitless all the time. But just having that little bit of rein to hold on to at the end, I was actually using my hands a ton. 
And it was funny because when I was attempting to film the video for the episode of showing you how I start this process on the horse, as I was doing it, I noticed when I was initially using the rain, how much I was using the rain. So we all do it. It's natural. You really have to train your brain not to use your hands and your reins so much. Your horse will thank you for it. And so will your riding because you will be so much better at it. So don't worry, I'm not suggesting that you go out and start cantering around with a neck rein, right? Nothing on your horse's head. I'm going to give you some easy steps to get started. Playing with the idea, which will already help you pick up any holes in your training. And I like to think of it as like what we talked about with the basics, right? As your training progresses, your basics actually have to get better. For example, the halt into trot transition that you have at training level is not going to be the same transition that you want to have when you want to start working on PF, right? So as we progress, our basics need to continually get better and better and better and better. It's going to be the same thing with not using the rain. You're going to be refining your aids. You're going to be dialing them in so that when you are using the rain, it's for very refined communication and not for simple things like direction and roundness and things that you can learn to do with your body. Your horse can learn to do themselves. The rain should be there for subtle communication only. So for starters, just start lengthening your reins and really concentrating on your body to ride. Like, can you, at the end of your ride, let your horse stretch out at the trot, let the reins be long, and then quietly sit down and ride forward into a walk without picking up the rein? Can you halt from the walk without picking up the rein? Could you back up without the rein? I really hate that term, rain back, because you really shouldn't be using the reins to make it happen, right? That's something that should happen through your body language and your leg position, not pulling on the reins to go backwards. That's a whole nother topic. And if you need some ideas on how to dial down your aids, how to make your age really specific, you can go back, you can listen to the phases of your aids episode. Feel free to reach out to me and ask. But in the beginning, you just want to start allowing 
yourself and your horse to make these small transitions without using the rain and really start thinking about your mental comfort level if you're riding like what if I didn't have these reins what if my horse tripped and I dropped the reins would you panic what in riding without a bit would make you feel safe personally I often start horses in their bridle with a rope halter underneath I take the noseband off of the bridle because it's just easier that way. You could also use a bitless bridle underneath or some bitless bridles also come with um, a, a place where you can hang the bit. So you could do that. You could also use a regular halter. It's just if you put a halter on underneath of a regular bridle, it's just easier to take the noseband away. Less things in the way. But you do whatever works for you. You could also go with a bridle and a neck rope. I like to play around, find out what most people are comfortable with and work from there. And sometimes people don't realize what they're comfortable with until they start working with it. And then they're like, Oh, I don't really like that. Like I said, it's a different feel in the halter or even a bitless bridle than you have with the reins and a bit. So some people like reins and bit and then just transitioning to a neck rope with the bit there as backup. So this is really more of a taxing mental exercise for the human than it is for the horse in the beginning, right? And I don't want to cause anybody any undue anxiety. I want you to be comfortable. So when I start out with the rope halter, and I do this, the rope halter and the bit underneath a lot because a lot of the horses that I work with have not been ridden without a bit in their mouth ever or at least in a very long time so I can transition them to the rope halter and then I can transition them to no reins and by getting that a lot of them are having that emotional reaction to the bit so getting that reaction out of there helps me be able to communicate better so that I can eventually get them to going without the reins but again it's you and your horse, so you decide what you like. So when I do that, I use um, generally a, a pair of clipped-on rope reins to the rope halter, and I use a carabiner-type clip on my saddle. And I might have one on each side of my saddle, and that way I can clip both reins to it if I want to, or I can just clip one rein, the one I'm not using, to the clip. If you've got a bucking strap on your saddle, you can loop your reins around that. You know, if, you use, if you're using buckle reins, you can buckle them around that. I just don't want the rein that I'm not using to flop around or get over the horse's head or anything like that, right? We want it to not be a tangle hazard. And then I start to use, once I'm comfortable, I should say, once I'm comfortable that the horse understands my seat and leg aids and my breathing aids, then I start to use that halter rein more than the bit rein. And it is a different feel that whether it's a halter or a bitless bridle, hackamore, bozel, whatever, it's going to be a little bit of a different feel. To me, it's like a duller feel than a bit but 
I think that helps you make your other aids. Um, what's the word? I don't want to really say sharper, but more refined than having the bit as backup. And that's how it should be. Your other aids, your body aids should be more important than your rain aids. The other thing that I usually like to carry is a long, stiff type stick. And this way I can use it on the hind quarter, kind of on the butt, like if I need to, or even up in front of the horse to redirect their head if I need. And so I like something longer than your traditional dressage whip especially if you're riding a horse or a big horse, like on a pony that could work. The only thing that I don't like about them is that they tend to, you know, to have that like whippy end and I don't really want the whippy action. So, and you also, if you're using it up in front of you, you definitely don't want to get like a lash in your horse's eye or anything by accident. So, um, I use something that's like a Pirelli carrot stick, but it's actually a bit thinner and lighter but carrot sticks work fine. I'm sure there's lots of off the market brands now on the internet out there. Just something like that that's long and stiff and not too heavy that you don't mind carrying it. Because eventually one of the things that I do when I go to riding with no reins is I actually like to do one of those sticks in each hand and that actually helps with your balance. It helps you be able to see how well you're using your body and so it's nice to have two balanced sticks like that rather than having two separate um, types of sticks. But we'll take a bigger look at all of that um, in, in the riding episode. We're gonna start easy. Halt, backups, move the hind quarters, move the fore quarters, right? And you can throw all of these into your normal rides and just make sure you're not using your reins to create them and get your horse really good at them before you ever start thinking about going bitless, bridleless, or reinless, right? Remember the intention here is to teach the horse to be on the rate, oh goodness, on the aids, not on the reins. And once you've got these aids down, the intention is not to make either of you nervous or uncomfortable. The intention is to build confidence and build autonomy for your horse too, right? There's things that they can be responsible for. Once you've got these aids down, then I like to start working on the steering, just walking around, moving the hindquarters, moving the forequarters. And we'll talk more about that next week when I show you the video, but generally I start with steering the hindquarters first. And what's funny about this is that, especially with dressage riders who are really working on that inside leg to outside rein concept, they have a really hard time imagining how they can just steer the horse by moving the hindquarters around. But what you tend to learn is how much inside hind leg you really need at that point and how much you're not normally getting. So then we put steering, then we do steering the four quarters. I like to do them separately. 
and then we put them together. And then voila, you're riding around bitless and bridleless, and you have a horse that's responsive to the aids. Sounds pretty simple, right? It can be. And I know this topic brings up a lot of mental angst for people, but I don't believe it should. This is a fabulous learning tool and a great confidence builder for both horses and riders when it's done correctly. So if you're having a mental block about trying bitless, bridleless, or reinless, just sit with it a minute and ask yourself why. Is it not having the bid? Is it not having the reins? Because those are two totally separate issues. Reach out to me and let me know. Give me those reasons or ask me the questions. Most people start with the thought that this is going to interfere with their training, right? I'm going to undo something. I'm going to break something or I'm not going to get in all the training time that I need. And I actually find that that's not the case. This enhances their training because it enhances the horse's responsiveness. It enhances their own aids. So what happens is when we break that down, we break that thought down, we find an emotional hiccup or a fear of what could happen. It's not really about the training at all. But that's why we start slow and build confidence in this process and why we don't just throw you out there with a neck rope and say, go figure it out. It's also why you don't need to stop doing your normal rides. You can either do this at the very beginning, at the very end of your ride, or you can designate a special day, whatever, but you don't have to stop your normal training rides to start working on the bitless bridleless concept and pretty soon they will start to become part of your training rides too because you're going to realize how valuable that communication that you're getting with your horse is so next week uh, we're going to see the video and it'll also just be on the podcast so you hear me talking talking my way through it in the meantime Happy riding. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Come Ride With Me. My goal is to demonstrate to riders that we don't have to do something every second of a ride. We don't have to do things a certain way or at a certain time. Just staying present with your horse and gathering non-judgmental information about how they are going is way more beneficial than overthinking and overworking. If you'd like to learn more about what I do at Equus Enlightened, you can find me at equusenlightened.net or on patreon.com slash equusenlightened. You can also find me on social media as Equus Enlightened. I will put all the links in the show notes. And until next time, happy riding. Oh, before you go, please remember to rate, review, and share this pod so others can find it. I would love constructive criticism, but like my mom used to say, if you don't have anything really nice to say, there's no need to say it. Just ride on, my friends. Have a great week.